Welcome back to the Talkaholic Studios. Um, this is Iman. And I'm Razia. <laughs> and this is our fourth episode of our Boss BIPOC series. This series on our channel features interviews with people of color in our community who are doing big, amazing things and that we'd love to learn more about. And so today we'd love for you to meet Dr. Nala. Welcome, Dr. Nala. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Dr. Nala is a Syrian-Canadian mental health advocate and educator that began to share content about mental health on TikTok and Instagram during the pandemic. She earned her undergraduate degree from Western University in Health Sciences, where she learned about the social determinants of health, igniting her passion to support and advocate for underserved communities and minorities as a healthcare professional. She completed her MD from the University of Queensland and is now back in Canada completing her psychiatry residency. She applied her passion for mental health advocacy and promoting equity and always took on an integrative and multidisciplinary approach to healthcare. Nala is breaking the stigma associated with mental health in minority communities and encouraging proactively seeking the care they need in a way that is meaningful to them. We are so excited to have you here today and we're so excited to have a conversation with you. Thank you. That was a very nice introduction. Thanks. <laughs> I'm excited for the conversation too. Okay, so the fun starts now. Um, we're going to go through 10 questions, Nala, that we uh, typically do for this series. Um, it's 10 questions that we'll get to know uh, you really quickly. And the idea is once we ask you those questions, uh, you are to respond on your like gut instinct, like what your first reaction is. So I'm going to get the question started. Um, what's the best quality someone can have? Humor. Nice. What's your greatest fear? The dark. I'm afraid of the dark. It's embarrassing. <laughs> no, I feel that. <laughs> I can't do darkness. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's your role model and they can be living or dead? I mean, um, the prophet, Salah so Love that. Uh, so fill in the blank. My greatest goal in life is? To be content. Love Where do you feel the happiest? I feel the happiest in a space that like I've curated myself, like my my own home that I was able to build and create for myself. So the home I'm living in now. Love that. Um, what do you dislike the most in a person? Arrogance. What's the best way to show love? The way that the person who's receiving the love wants to receive the love. Um, what is your greatest flaw and strength? Flaw? Uh, I would say that I'm working on managing emotions. So I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a turbulent kind of emotional person. Um, that's my flaw, is managing the turbulence inside me. And my strength is that... Uh, I will, like, I will fight. Like, I'm a fighter. I will fight for myself. I will fight for people. I will advocate. That's amazing. So if you weren't yourself, who would you be? <laughs> I don't want to be anyone. That's an answer. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best advice you've heard? I think, I don't know if I heard this advice. I feel like I want to share this because it it came up as I was speaking. So maybe there's a reason why it's coming up. But I, I've been learning over the last few months and years, but more so last few months, that there's a wisdom in not having to do certain things and experience certain things and learning from 
the world, like learning from other people's experiences and learning from the wisdom that people pass on to you. And there's a wisdom in saying, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that. Or, okay, I am going to do this. Or, okay, I'm going to not make this choice because I've learned from the wisdom of other people. I don't have to do it to learn. I think it's like a childish type of way of saying like, you know, you have to touch the fire to learn that it's hot. That's very juvenile way of thinking, right? I think with wisdom and age, you recognize that you don't actually have to touch the fire to realize it's hot. That's really great. That's really unique. I don't think we've ever heard that before. No, we haven't. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you, Nala. That was our 10 questions. I feel like we did learn really quickly about you. <laughs> Just when those, those answers were uh, some I love the unique ones. Mm, I really love those. Those were awesome. But just to bounce off of that last question, uh, last question in your answer, um, to take in to make life choices based on someone else's wisdom, uh, makes me want to ask: uh, Is for your specific path, and you know, a lot of people know you through social media now, and and what it is that you do professionally. Um, is that is there uh, a way that you've used that advice to get you to where you are now? It like in terms of mm. like, choosing to go into mental health and being an advocate is not like everybody's path, right? Like, is there an influence that you got that you were like, okay, I'm learning from that piece of wisdom to now uh, make this part of my life? In a way, yes, but in many other ways, no. I, I would say that many things on my path I shouldn't have done because I was actually told otherwise, but I was like, no, I'm going to do it because I'm going to learn the hard way, which is, again, very juvenile way of thinking, but I did it. So I think a lot of things I did the opposite of what I'm saying to you today because I've learned that lesson now. But um, choosing mental health is is what you just said, is the choice I made because people kept telling me like, yeah, you can choose to do the career or job that is the most, I guess, typical for my demographic. So Muslim, Arab, you know, Middle Eastern, Arab woman in Canada become a family doctor, right? <laughs> Easy peasy. That's the job you, we need you to be in. That's the role that you fit into very, very perfectly. Go there and not just go there because you fit into it, but you're needed. So I was always being like fed this idea that, oh, people need you. Like, please go into that job. We need you in that job. And you're so perfect for it and blah, blah, blah. And um, folks around me that were more of the wise kind of supportive friends would be like, don't ever do a job because you feel needed in that job. Do it because you want to do that job. That job's joy in your life and you want to do it every day for the next you know inshallah if i have the opportunity 40 50 years like i hope i have that chance but if i had gone into something that i was needed i would have just been miserable yes needed (laughs) and yes doing probably meaningful work but i would have hated it so i chose to do the the thing and chose the path that i actually wanted for myself that's amazing and so relevant i think to a lot of you know kind of like first generation um, immigrant daughters in Canada. It's kind of that rel- that experience where this is what people need me to do, or this is what I feel like people want me to do, but what is it that I want to do? And kind of figuring out how to, to find that um, balance without feeling so guilty, right? Um, but I wanted to ask, how did you make the connection between what you were doing and kind of sharing on social media like what I know you started in the pandemic but what kind of made that connection to start a platform where you could share it beyond you know doing um your beyond the education side of what you were doing a couple of things led to that the first thing I would say is um like all of us I'm sure we all had plans 
for 2020, <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, and our lives were all flipped upside down, right? All of us. But my life, because I was an international medical student in Australia, I'm originally Canadian, you know, went to school there. You have to plan your life like two years in advance. You've got to do your exams two years before you apply. You've got paperwork to organize, electives to work on. The process of becoming a doctor in Canada is incredibly long and grueling. So every day of my life for all of 2020 was pre-planned. Like every minute I had it organized and planned and all of it got flipped upside down. And I somehow was in Canada during the time that borders shut and everything was closed down. Couldn't return to Australia and pursue that path that I had planned. And so I, for the first time in my life, wasn't studying full time, working full time, you know, like literally just constantly doing things. I was stagnant and it was the most agonizing experience I've ever had in my life. I've never been stagnant. I've never stopped. I've never rested. I've never just been or existed and I was I hated it so I was propelled to do something with my time uh, and I did do lots of things outside of social media but that was part of what propelled me onto that platform um, but what led me to take the step was something completely different and it was that at the same time of all this stuff happening in 2020 in the pandemic I was also going through the end of a long abusive relationship and I want to put trigger warnings in now for anyone listening. Uh, I'm not going to mention detail, but just mention sort of that period of time was intense therapy, was intense self-care, healing. It was dark and it was difficult. And I was learning things about what abuse was and what, you know, terms like gaslighting as a 27 year old, I had never heard of before. I was learning all this new stuff and thinking if the me two years ago had known this information, where would I be now? What would I have been able to prevent in my life? Like this wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have gotten this far. And so I felt so inclined. I'm like, you have to, you have to talk about this. You have to share this content. And I initially started with the intention of saying, as I just hope one person, even if it's a girl like me in my position two years ago, I just want her to see my video. I want her to see one of my videos. And, I, and if she can be protected from the harm that I experienced, I'll be good to go. I'll be happy with that. Um, so I did that though, that content initially for that reason, but I had that space in my life and in my time to be able to do it. So it worked out perfectly. Like they merged together and I poured my energy into initially creating content about abuse. Um, and I grew from there. Amazing. That that's, wow. that's super inspirational. And like, just to take a moment to step back, like Iman and I have been following your content for a while and like our fans. <laughs> Um, we featured you, uh, I think, was it last year, Iman? For I know, yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, oh, we, we, we shared it. Yes, we remember you sharing it on your, your story. We were like, oh my, we're like fangirling to ourselves. <laughs> um, so I I think that you should know that you've probably not just affected and helped one person, like it's several, several people and in a community that are that is underserved, right? Like women who look like us, uh, like talking about <laughs> relationships and mental health is like, very new like very very new yeah. so, um yes. especially for it to be talked about publicly it's such a taboo topic um which mm -hmm. is like something we really appreciate um i think something else that we wanted to ask was you know for you to now have that time in the pandemic to have put your work out there and speak about your experience personally mm -hmm. and also professionally we were curious about knowing if there was one specific moment 
during that entire journey where you felt like the most fulfilled, like um, e even through difficult days of like, say you were content creating that this moment you come back to you and go, that was, this is why I do what I do. Um, and it can be a moment in your personal practice or um, social media mm -hmm. or any of that. Wow. It's a powerful question. Um, I don't think there was only one moment, but one moment came to mind. So throughout those two years that I was um, creating content and, and working on, not two years, sorry, it's like a year of, of working on content and um, um, preparing for the match, which is the residency match program here in Canada, where you get into residency, uh, I had multiple exams and I had a, it's like a grueling process of like the application is just awful. So I would write myself little notes um, and I, I kept one and I don't remember where it is, but I took a photo of it and I was like, just remember this, like, just write this note down. Remember this right now sucks. And right now it's 3 a.m. and you're studying and you are alone and you're missing out on life and you hate everything. But just write this down and put it in your book or put it out to the side um, and you'll find it later. And of course, I was skimming through my photos recently uh, and just remembered like receiving those milestones, like receiving my match letter, like that email that said you matched and like the tears, the joy, like the culmination of almost 11 years of school plus medical school plus uh, internship. And now I'm like, I'm almost like a, uh, like a human that is free. I feel like I'm free. Um, that uh, that was like the culmination of all of my work for sure. But it was the looking back on the moments that I knew I was going to get there. It's not just the fact that I got there. It's the moments that I wrote down when you're teaching psychiatry or when you're in residency and you get to do this um, or when you are a resident, don't forget this moment. Like these are the things that I knew I was going to achieve, even though I was filled with self-doubt and, and anxiety and, and nervousness. I look back on those moments that I never actually like in my core, never gave up on myself. Amazing. I love that. That's so powerful. Like kind of re reminding yourself of why you're doing the work that you're doing. Um, and it's so important for us to, you know, kind of work on self-love. I think that's so important. Um, you know, being your, your number one advocate for yourself. Something I wanted to ask and going back to, you know, your work on social media, um, what is your take or what are your thoughts on kind of like the rise of mental health advice um, on social media accounts that are not necessarily managed by medical professionals um, like such as yourself? Uh, do you think that, you know, these accounts are, are, is it good that these accounts are available? Like people have easy access to them um, or are there, you know, maybe accounts are kind of just bombarding us with information that may not necessarily be correct. What are your thoughts on all these kind of like accounts that are coming to surface now? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I, um, I want to share an anecdote first and then I'll talk about my thoughts on that. Uh, another thing I didn't mention during that period of time when I went on social media is that a lot of my learning and a lot of my processing of what abuse is and, and uh, definitions and terms actually came from social media. It came from Instagram, it came from TikTok. <laughs> Like I laugh saying this because I'm like, what do you mean? But the only positive thing uh, about our phones basically like listening to us all the time, right? And giving us information that suits what it's listening to is that in my healing process and my therapy journey and me talking to my friends about what happened to me, I started to get lots of Instagram posts come up on my explore page and TikTok videos about abuse. And it was like, 
it, yes, you're right. That word of bombard bombardment is sometimes accurate. But for me at that time, it was like enlightenment. It's like, why am I reading this? Like, why is it? It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. What is this? And I mentioned it to my therapist and she was like, what do you think? And I was like, I think this is what it is. I think this is the abuse I experienced. And we, for me, it was healing. Like for me, defining and attaching terms and definitions was like, oh my God, first of all, it's not all in my head. Second of all, I'm not the only one. And third of all, there's things we can do about this. Like I can, I can heal from this. So it was enlightening and empowering. And it actually was part of why I went on social media too, because I realized the impact it really has. So that's the benefit that I experienced from it. But the other side of the coin is exactly what you mentioned. It can be incredibly almost bombarding and pathologizing. What that means is that even the very human aspects of us are, are wrong suddenly, like it's not okay. So you know those posts that it's like six things that you know that tell you you're depressed or you're anxious or signs you're this and that those are very clickbaity right like they get the most views that's what instagram wants they want those kinds of posts and they they you know they boost them that's what you know gets seen the most and we end up thinking oh my gosh do i have this do i have that um and we're in a in a society now that just wants to be diagnosed which is very ironic because it's the opposite of what things used to be where nobody wanted a mental health diagnosis. That was exactly what they didn't want. That was stigmatizing. That would lead you to not getting a job, which is not fine or correct at all. I'm just saying it's interesting where we are, like that polar opposite of give me my, give me a diagnosis. I want it. So it, even in my practice now, I see folks coming in with like Instagram posts and social media posts and like, I have this. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, how do I manage this? Like, how am I supposed to talk to this person now? Uh, whereas I feel like the curiosity is okay, but the pathologizing of humanity is not okay. So those are my thoughts on that. But honestly, the, the fact that some people can find solace and comfort in posts is totally okay. Uh, especially for those of us who cannot afford therapy or cannot access mental health uh, support formally. I honestly, uh, I, you should have it. I wish you did, but I honestly find it okay for those folks to be like, this is all I've got. This is all I can get right now. Uh, and that's okay. Like, I don't want to demonize folks for reading those posts and using them, um, especially if they can't afford formal therapy. It's completely fair. I, I, um, I also like just to add on to that as from a completely personal uh, perspective, I think um, the way that for me personally can be really bombarding, but um, it at least gives me and my friends the same language to use. Cause like to your point earlier, mm -hmm. like you, yeah. I think all of us learned what gaslighting was within the past year or so, like <laughs> very recent, um, but like things like love bombing and like other terms like, within relationships or even self-care terms that now like again like self-care when I was in high school not even a thing like and now like my nieces are always talking about yeah I like had a self-care session after my <laughs> that was not us like uh, no <laughs> so I at the very least I think it's I like anybody within kind of our generation you can kind of bring those terms up and no one's like looking at you like why are you why do you know this disorder or why do you know this term for the thing um, I didn't think of that. That's so true. Yeah, it helps even the playing field. I feel like we're we're not all weird for <laughs> thinking about these things in our life. You know, no one is weird for thinking about those things. And you just mentioned that, like all of us learned what gaslighting is in the last two years. Who failed us? <laughs> Who 
society failed every woman (laughs) that suddenly we just learn what gaslighting is like i that's i don't have no I, i don't know yeah yeah and i think it's such a it's a great way just to like remember that we're kind of all in similar situations like a lot of the times we can we can isolate ourselves in our issues and be like oh i'm the only one going through this like i don't know how to deal with it and then you know you can go on instagram or tiktok and be like oh someone is describing the exact thing that i'm going through right now that's crazy and they're like you know halfway across the world so yeah yeah, it's definitely a great way for people to connect and and to find you know solutions to issues even though sometimes it, it you know sometimes you can also get you know, really bad messaging. Um, but I think the good outweighs the bad a lot of the time. So I think it depends how you take it. But yeah, I, I think if it is been boarding, like at least for me, I just like, just go, get rid of Twitter for a while and come back on. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, as a complete, uh, very smooth uh, segue, um, just talking <laughs> about TikTok. Um, I'm curious to know what your uh, For You page looks like now. Are there like trends outside of mental health or within? that you're like totally into like memes that are kind of- yeah <laughs> um i i'm i have to admit but when i was applying for uh residency i was given the advice to sort of like chill out on the on the videos and chill out on tiktok because they look at everything right the admissions committees know every detail of you it's 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 a bit much but it, it's fair i get it they should uh we're going to be treating human beings, human lives are going to be in our hands. You should know everything about me. So um, not that my content was ever bad, but I kind of just stepped back from TikTok, took a minute away and thought, let's just, you know, move on with this part of my life that's significantly more important than TikTok. Uh, So since then, I've basically stopped using it to actually consume content. I just create on it. So I don't know what my For You page looks like. The last time I looked at my For You page, I... Uh, I think I saw there's a I don't know her name I'll have to find it after but there's a very cool creator who basically just talks about men <laughs> just just oh, I don't want to get into too much I think I know exactly who you're talking about I, I, I know Drew Aflalo but not her actually she's like she's a lot younger um I don't know her origin but like I am in love with her. So she came up on my For You page. And whenever I like a video on my For You page, I don't even keep scrolling. I just go to their page and I scroll on their page. So that's what I spent my time doing last night. Her videos are amazing. She's just, just her content about white men. It's chef's kiss. It's too good. I don't actually know what For You page looks like. On Instagram, my my explore page is generally mental health content. It looks a lot like my own um and sometimes i get like um uh muslim creators like you know muslim lifestyle bloggers um things like that nice well we might ask you later to link us to who that is so we can just put that yeah. edit to be like, this is what you're talking about. anyway yeah 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 that girl oh i love her i will i will so i would say i guess before you i mean stop partaking in in like consuming tiktok content was there ever like a trend that you know outside of the kind of the work that you already put out was there ever like a fun trend that you did make content for but never posted it's like in your drafts the secret oh yeah oh yeah um yep i I, so you know that trend where oh yeah yeah oh now you're reminding me okay thank you for (laughs) you know that trend where um they were like nobody nobody no 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 and they're running away because someone mentioned something but they're like no um 
I did one with my sister about marriage. So we like pretended to have a conversation and she's like, so when are you getting married? And I start going, no, and I run out the door. Um, and it will forever stay in the drafts. It's not here. Uh, so yeah, I loved, I loved that trend and all the women that did it when I saw so many women that did it, that the topic was marriage. Yes. <laughs> we all relate. Yeah. <laughs> like while we're talking about that, by the way, I want I want to share this statistic that I just learned recently, which is like the happiest human beings on earth, human beings, period, on earth are unmarried, childless women. And the happiest wow. males, just males, like men in general on earth are married men. Now you bring it back. That's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Now, married women are very unhappy. Let's just wait. <laughs> so, of course, we're running away from that. I mean, I certainly am. So, <laughs> but on the topic of TikTok, um, even though I want to sit on that topic, and that's like, <laughs> you can change. <laughs> um, on the topic of TikTok, and I noticed recently too on your Instagram, um, you have. Uh, tends to make a really cool way of bringing up uh, more serious mental health topics by talking about things that are in media or in um, yeah. like movies. Yeah. Like you, I think you saw, you mentioned like familial issues by talking about Encanto, which is like a really cool way of like taking something yeah. trendy and like everybody loves Disney, but then kind of, you know, weaving in your own work into. Um, and Iman and I were talking about this because I know Love is Blind is like top of mind right now. Uh, <laughs> and you can feel free to share your take. Um, <laughs> Uh, we were curious about, um, you know, reality shows and like media in general. Uh, do you mm -hmm. think that shows like that um, do us a service in society by bringing up relationships and relationship issues and finding a partner? Um, or is it like, do you see reality TV shows like that being more like, oh, it just perpetuates gossip. It's like full of drama. It's toxic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So in Love is Blind. I've actually never seen a single episode. I don't fully know what it's about, to be honest with you, but yeah, I haven't seen it. In terms of other reality shows like The Bachelor and Bachelorette, I've always been opposed to those from the very beginning. I've always felt that they were, they, like, I still can't believe that shows like that exist. Like, still, in my mind, my yeah. mind, it's a mental mind game. I'm like, how is this allowed? How is this okay? How are we, not only is it okay, it's glamorized and normalized and whew, don't get me started. I can't, I can't with that show, but Love is Blind to me felt like just another show like that. So I never even got into it or even wanted to know what it was, what it's about. Um, but I did see a video recently of someone commenting on uh, Love is Blind and saying that it is actually showing us the same type of uh, toxic patterns or, or cycles and relationships that we've seen in ourselves and in, in our friends and other people, and that it can sort of mirror our lives and give us that ability to be introspective and say, oh, wow, like I've actually been through that or I said that or someone said that to me or you know what I mean? Um, and even without actually seeing the show, I thought, you know what? Maybe The Bachelor does that too and The Bachelorette and it gives us a mirror to kind of view ourselves which is very selfish and, you know, self-serving, but that's humanity, I guess. Uh, so I can't really comment on Love is Blind too much. I, I have never, I've never even seen an episode. Yeah, Love is Blind is an, yeah, it's an, in it's an interesting show. I will say, you know, yeah. I watched both seasons. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not much of a reality TV show person either, but I think the pandemic um, changed me. Uh, that's <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, Love is Blind is interesting because, and I'm sure, you know, our viewers also know, it's really about trying to find love without seeing the person and, and knowing what they look like. Um, so it's literally like, yeah, so it's like literally they're in these pods and there's walls, a wall separating them. They can only hear their voices. And it's like 14 girls, 14 guys. And then they date for like a week. And then at the end of it, they pick four couples come out of it engaged. It's insane. Yes, your your face is accurate. <laughs> I, don't I don't want it. I don't want it. It's insane. I, and I think, I yeah, it puts people in an impossible situation because the whole idea is like, yes, you can fall in love with just knowing someone's personality without looking like seeing what they look like. But then after that, they have to get married in a month. And it's like, and then they choose whether they're going to get married or not at the altar. And I think that puts people in a really impossible situation and really brings out the worst in people. And that's what makes it a, a good show, right? Because that's what people want to see. They want to see the drama. They want to see the toxicity. They want to be like, oh man, like that dude is so, you know, misogynistic or like this girl is so shallow. It's so that's what people want to see. And that's why it's such yeah. a big topic of discussion. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting experience, uh, an experiment, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> you know, like, I guess I am into reality because I did my, my probably my very first post that I made that was inspired by reality TV was about selling Sunset, which I was just very much addicted to, I would say. It wasn't even really like entertainment for me. I was like, I need to know what's going to happen like that. And um, I remember making a post about Christine on that show. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but one of the characters on that show had an argument with another character and it was like the most prototypical argument with a narcissist, like word for word for word. It just kept going. And so I made a whole post about it and I was like, wait, I could do this. Like, like I could keep going. Like the whole show gave me so much inspiration. And then I watched the Tinder swindler and Everyone needs to watch the Tinder Swindler. I mean, it's very, it's actually very triggering. So not everyone needs to watch it, but obviously if it's triggering for you, you don't have to watch it. But um, it is so classical in the way that it shows the pattern of love bombing, which you just mentioned earlier, the pattern of grooming, of, uh, of basically manipulating someone into doing what you want them to do for you, which is a part of abuse, right? Like he was abusive. Uh, and then, you know, just watching that entire show, I'm like, that's what the, what we're, I'm learning lessons about abuse from this person, like from this show. And I made that post and that one went pretty viral. Actually, that one was more popular than all the other ones. And then I watched Inventing Anna and I was like, oh my God, here we go again. So I did one on Inventing Anna. So yeah, so, you know, reality TV documentaries shows will, will always inspire me, but I think I'm not ready for Love is Blind yet. Maybe not, maybe not yet. <laughs> we'll yeah, if you can stay away from it, stay away from it. We're both ready. <laughs> Should you ever want to come on another podcast episode? We'd be like, and anyways, part two. <laughs> Let's talk about this. So um, but I think uh, one thing to maybe wrap up this conversation, and by the way, like this has been great. Thank you so much for, for joining us and for uh, having fun with us. Um, out of all the things that you've accomplished so far and you know which of which there's like so many things we can talk about uh, there's so many heights you've already reached um and i'm sure like in your professional career in your uh like social media presence is there something in the back of your mind that you're like that's the next big best thing that i want to accomplish um that you can share with us <laughs> i mean in terms of social media i don't really have set goals. I used to, I think when I first started, I had goals for certain things and 
content and numbers and I don't I don't see that as valuable anymore but for my own life I definitely haven't started like I I no I mean I just started actually like I only just started my career so I have so much I want to achieve there's so many things I want to do I think the next big thing I don't know what it is but I know that ultimately I want to have a career and uh uh like a a position of my for myself in psychiatry that is very much me like i want to have a job and a specialty and a position in that field that is powerful that is unique that serves my community like that's ultimately where i want to end up i'm not there obviously not yet but that's the end goal and whatever steps i have to take to get there i'll take i don't know what they are to be honest but that's my goal that's great and I, i'm sure you'll reach all your goals inshallah with just what we've heard about you from today you're uh, definitely strong enough to do it all <laughs> inshallah thank you i hope so all right and before we end um definitely shout yourself out where can they find you where can they follow you let us know and we'll and we'll definitely share it on the screen as well sure uh you can follow me on instagram at i'm dr nahla or on tiktok at dr nahla yeah we'll put all the links down below um and you can find us on i have to do the whole youtube signal i apologize Um, (laughs) you can find us at talkaholics pod or talkaholics studios uh on youtube uh soundcloud spotify everyone's watching making sure i didn't mention all of them (laughs) (laughs) apple Podcasts. um we're on uh, instagram and twitter as well uh to keep us uh keep you updated on all the things uh talkaholics but again thank you so much nala for joining us uh we'd love to have you on again um if you're down <laughs> and uh, and thank you so much for sharing your inspirational stories and in your journey honestly i think um what you've brought to our community and just like women in general is like invaluable uh and i hope you remember that <laughs> you no this was beautiful thank you for your questions i'm gonna think about those questions for a while thank you for them <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys on the next one. Bye.